Yet another episode, Jay. Um, I'm super, super excited. How's it going with you? What are you up to? It's going well, Mike. It's going. You've got a big smile on your face. I do. I do. You know what? You want to know why, Jay? You want to know why? I think I know why, but go ahead. Uh, the early response, Jay. The feedback from the people has been unbelievable. The people are demanding more episodes, Jay. And by the people, we mean our small group of yeah, yeah, Tempest totally. players. Yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I'm excited because we've got more and more outlets now that are going to be distributing our podcast. By the time this podcast lands, you will be finding us on any of your preferred podcast hosts. Yeah. Apple Podcasts, Google yeah, Podcasts, any, anywhere. We'll be, we'll be official big time. That's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently uh, it's really hard to break into these. It's it's super hard. Podcast I mean, platforms. The, 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 the hoops we have to jump through. To be able to pull this off was uh, pretty enormous. So I mean, excited. for one, you need to know how to sign up for an email, and that for not and, and for you know everyone that's not it's easy. Not, no, no, it's not, it's not even it's not even the email part. It's remembering the password <laughs> that you set up. That's the tough part. Um, but yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been good. I'm excited, and uh, like I said, you know, all kidding aside, the. The early reactions that we have been getting, it's been uh, it's been pretty positive, so I'm excited about it. So Jay, last time uh, we finished off talking about the TTPI, and uh, so do you want to kind of go into that and talk about uh, what that is and how you came yeah, up with it? For sure. I think that's a good place to start. So as we had said before, we wanted to make sure that we were tracking statistics for this so that as the years passed, we could go back and make comparisons and we could, over time, answer the question, who was the best at this? I mean, at the heart of it, that's why we wanted to keep stats, right? There were lots of arguments from our previous mini golf tournament about, oh, I beat so-and-so so many times and no, you didn't and all this nonsense. So we wanted it a record book that we could have hard evidence for. So it wasn't just enough of how many winning teams were you on, like you would think that would be enough, but we wanted more than that. We wanted real bragging rights. Like, sure, you know, Mike and I were both on the winning team, but really who did better? right? That was important for us for some sick reason. So we wanted to do that. So we set out to develop something we coined the TTPI or the Tempest Teapot Performance Index. It was a formula based on your performance uh, that came up with a number. So the original formula for the TTPI was the following. It was your team play points from rounds two and three with partner play plus your singles points that was in the, your singles match, but that was multiplied by 1.5. So it'd be worth slightly more. And the reasoning was theoretically you were matched up against someone of your own strength and you were more or less dependent on your own skill, even though the Chapman system was in play. So you still had your partner contributing there. The onus was more on you. So for those points, we thought they should be worth a little bit more. Then we also took the captain's round into consideration. So we took 34, which was par for Acton's front nine, and we divided that by your score in the captain's round. So if you shot par, 34 over 34, you would have got one. If you go higher than par, of course, you get a smaller and smaller fraction of that one point. And then that was multiplied by two. So if you scored par, uh, you would get two points there. 
And then you also got a bonus point if you were a captain. So if you win uh, the captain's round, you get a bonus point because you're leading the way, you're making decisions. And then you got 0.1 bonus for everyone who was on the winning team. So that was the the formula that we came up with to combine all these points um, and, and come up with a stat. So before you go on, I just wanted to be clear here. This was a formula that you came up with. This was your baby. So this the TTPI is strictly and purely your doing, which was awesome. So go ahead. Yeah, and this this again just shows you again how much we think about it, right? And why this can be annoying for our wives because we probably spend a little bit too much time on our hands. In fact, when this podcast first launched, uh, Pat sent me a text and he went back and forth a few questions about the podcast. But then his last his last text to me was, "You guys have way too much time on your hands." And so, and it's probably true. We we yes, probably spend true. invest a bit too much energy in this, but hey, you know we get enjoyment out of it. So. We put together this TPPI and sent it out. I actually believe we sent out the email with the original numbers. And Matt Bear immediately was like, I, so I checked in with him. So and I'm why like, am I not think? surprised there? Why am I not surprised? But when Bear speaks, I listen, it's right? Absolutely. And he makes a legit point. Right. So Bear was like, yeah, it's good. But, and I'm like, what do you mean by it? I've taken in everything into consideration. He's like, yeah, but, you know, it doesn't really highlight the fact that you could put yourself like for for example you and i in the first one as we talked about last episode put ourselves together so we were a stronger right. team and we might be facing the two last pick players on the other team and this formula doesn't take that into consideration it takes your points but the value in those points isn't really highlighted so he's like it's not right. really capturing everything so i said okay wait a minute that's a good point so let's go back to the drawing board so we did. So we went back to the drawing board and to increase the validity of the stat, what we ended up doing is we ended up take, comparing the strength of your team compared to the strength of the team you were facing and you would only get a certain percentage of the points you earned unless your ranking was exactly equal. So let me walk you through what I mean by that. Okay. We called these adjusted team points. Okay, so they were essentially points earned during rounds two and three, but then adjusted depending on the strength of your team and the strength of the teams you play against. Uh, in order to make this adjustment, you and your partner's seeding during the captain's draft were added together, and your opponent's seeds were also added together. And if you and your partner's combined seeding was greater than that of your opponent's, then the other pairing should, in theory, be better. And if you earn points, uh, these points should be enhanced. So essentially right. what that's saying is if the other team's better than you on paper and you earn a point against them, that, that point's actually worth more than yeah, a point. Yeah, that, that means more. Absolutely. Yeah. So we had to capture that. So here is an example. Uh, in 2010, Tim Miller, the overall first captain, was seated first overall. His playing partner in round two was David Taylor, and David was seated 12th overall as David was the last drafted. This team's combined seating was 13. So you took one and 12, add them together. They played yours truly, I was seated fourth, and you, Michael, seated second, the other captain. So this team had a combined seating of six overall. So our seating com combination was six, theirs was 13. 
So Michael and Jay, you and I, won two of the three games in this round for two points, and David and Tim won one point. However, Michael and Jay had the advantage of having a higher-seeded partner, so for TTPI purposes, their two points in this match were reduced to just 1.59 points, while David and Tim's one point was adjusted up to 1.21 points. Again, this was only for the purpose of the TTPI. And I just read that direct quote from a statement that I put out um, prior to the 2011 playing of the Tempest teapot. And so this was the new formula we use. It says to calculate right. your... So this was now... The rest of the formula stayed the same, but the new for adjusted team points, it was your seed plus your partner seed. Subtract your opponent's combined seed. Now, if they're the same, it's zero. Keep that in mind. Divide that by 34 plus one, and then times the points you earned in the round. And that is how you came up with um, your actual score. So that was it. And Bear was and, satisfied by that. And, and I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was, because you put a, I mean, that's a lot of thought that you put into that. And I know you just kind of explained it kind of quickly, but I know that it took a while and you would have looked at every single scenario to make sure that it, it actually made sense and it actually worked. But, and I got to tell you that the, the playing of the Tempest was one thing, but I especially took a little bit of extra pride in the TTPI scores and the, and the rankings after the play. And, be, and because it was, to me, the playing, playing of the Tempest was one thing, but then you had the bragging rights for the entire year of the TTPI, right? So I, 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 I relished that part. That was good. Well, you know what the funny thing is? After it came out, so no one knew it was coming the first year, but after it came out, it became an immediate talking point. People started saying, not everyone, but people started going, well, I got it. I got it. This is going to hurt my ranking. This is going to hurt my score. <laughs> so like things in the captain's round, for example, they maybe people knew that they wouldn't be captain. But right. they wanted to get the best score possible to enhance their TTPI, right? No, yeah. there were a few guys that didn't care at all, right? Yeah. But there were some that, like you and I, we took it pretty yeah. seriously. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think Scotty was probably in that group as well. Ian Braun he... was in that group. I remember having the conversation about him. <laughs> He's like, "I'm so I'm going to get a better score." Like he was just all over it, absolutely. And I, Mike, before we, a couple of things about this. I'm looking at it right now. I was such a geek. I like color coded the chart. I put it all out right, the, the whole ranking, the whole thing. And then I wrote this to describe. So when we first put this TTPI out, I wrote this paragraph. And when I reread it, I'm like, I should just say it exactly the way it is for the podcast, because I think it's, again, it captures our heart for the tournament. So here's what I said. It said, in an effort to provide future captains with as much information as possible, and because I'm a stats geek, and the TTPI, Tempest Teapot Performance Index, has been created as a way to measure each player's yearly performance. The TTPI is what determines the 2010 individual rank. The TTPI is purely numbers-based, focusing mainly on points earned for your team, but incorporating other factors, such as your first-round score, our only score in reference to part each year. A detailed breakdown for the TTPI formula's, formula sorry, is below. Now here comes the good part. Now admittedly, the TTPI cannot measure the intangibles of the tournament, such as Matt Bear's tenacity, McDougal's tendency to choke in the big moments, or when a captain uses his first overall pick to choose a mediocre player. However, it does use pretty much all the relevant numbers we have recorded, so it is worth something. If nothing else, it is worth my own amusement. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, I thought and, that was pretty funny. And you know what? I remember too, like you had everything in a binder. So the captains would get a binder and all the stats and everything were there. 
right? That's right. And and it was like, it was almost like a, it was like it was a pride thing. You you didn't want the you didn't want your TTPI records to be, you know, bad. No, because right because that would that would that could affect you yeah. on your being where you, you were going to get picked. And who so, knows? Maybe maybe eleven years later, two idiots do a podcast and they <laughs> highlight your TTPI scores, right? So let's just highlight a few, Mike. Uh, so. <laughs> The number one, I know you know the answer. This is not the trivia question because I know you know the answer to this. The number one player that year for 2010 mm. was, drum roll. <laughs> that was me. With a score, with the adjusted points, mind you, a score of 9.18. In that, second that place. That was a dominating performance, I think. It was. It was dominating. Yeah. And it was, it was. I was so happy for you, but it made me sick at the same time because my score was 8.83. <laughs> and I remember too, you, you kept on, I mean, through the year when we talked, you'd always say, so dirty, so cheap, such a cheap, such a cheap win. And to me, like that was so satisfying to carry that along until the following Tempest. It was, it, that was, a, that meant a lot. So that was awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, in third place that year, this this will surprise you. In fact, this probably should have been the trivia question, and it's not, but I'm going to give you a guess. Who do you think was third for the 2010 year? Ooh, um, Bonus points if you can get this. Hmm. Matt Bear? Oh, no, sorry. Matt Lipsky. Wow, Lipsky, yeah, I really? Know. I know. See, I don't. I, I have zero recollection of Lipsky being there. To be honest with you, I, I don't remember yeah. what he was like as a golfer. I have no clue. That's because so, wow, he was only I, there the one year. Yeah, right? no, it's fair so. enough. Fair enough, but yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty good. All right, Mike. Now, before we move on to the next part, I this is our official segment for trivia. Are you All ready? Right. I'm ready. Now it's time for trivia. Now it's time for trivia. I love it. Okay. So here, here's your, oh boy. Here's your, your trivia question. Oh, by the way, before we even do the trivia question, I should remind our audience that at the moment, Michael is 0-1. He missed the first trivia question in And the bonus three. one that we just missed now, so. We won't count that against you. Okay. I'm not going right. to hold that. That wasn't fair. I, that was impromptu. This one I prepared well. Okay, okay. And, and Michael, to give you even a better uh, fighting chance here, it's a multiple choice question. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Right, so here All we right. go. The lowest registered TTPI for 2010 was 3.47. To whom did this score belong? Was it A. Ian Braun, B. Derek Lambert, C. David Taylor, or D. Frank Dodato? Oh, it's got to be Frank. It's got to be Frank Dodato. My final answer. Oh, he's locking it in. Yeah, oh, final answer. It is incorrect. Oh, no. Are you kidding? Really? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no. Yeah, it's incorrect. Frank actually had the seventh highest TTPI out of wow. 12. Yeah, so he was in the bottom half. Well, but he you know was... what? That makes sense, though, because there's no, there was real no bunkers to speak of at Acton. <laughs> oh, so, so that kind of makes sense, right? So great. Uh, yeah, Frank, if answer... you're listening to this, I'm sorry. That was I, I couldn't help that. Frank's not listening. He's still in the bunker. <laughs> Anyways, the answer was Derek Lambert. Yeah, wow, Derek, okay. Derek had a he, he struggled out there this uh, this first year. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So we finished year one, and we quickly realized 
there's room for improvement. Uh, and it was it was it was fun. It was it was a great turnout, and everybody had a lot of fun. But we were like, okay, you know what? There is there's room for improvement, and let's make those changes for the following year. Right. And that conversation was had pretty early on, right after the tempest was over. Almost immediately. Yeah, yeah. And one of the rules that we decided that we were gonna change um, was we added a rule called "uh oh." And this was primarily because of our shenanigans that we pulled at the first playing of putting around the green. Now, we weren't if the only not. ones who pulled that shenanigans. I, I believe no. we were probably one of the first, but yeah. because of that, others' groups were doing it as well, right? Absolutely, and it happened in yeah. singles play as well. Yes, yeah. And and it, it was really, really frustrating for the groups playing behind the people that were doing this. Mm-hmm. And we were very... We were aware of timing because although it wasn't dark, but it was pretty close to getting, you know, dark in the day. And uh, so we wanted to make sure that we got the the tournament done in a timely manner. And everybody, you know, for the guys that were driving home from Acton to London, Mm -hmm. that we got home in a somewhat of a reasonable time. And this is a battle that we would work on for the next five, six, seven years. Like, we were constantly trying to shave time off the tournament. It wasn't that we didn't enjoy being there, but we just wanted it to be more efficient in time. So it took a lot of changes to get where we are today, which is, like, last year was the most efficient we've ever played. I can't, like... Yeah, that was was insane. It was was very impressive. Yeah, yeah. So we added the OO, which was basically limiting... you, You couldn't go more than 10 shots to finish a hole. And if you did that, then you got you got a, you got an oh oh, and that was a, a minus from that was a point taken away from you from your team. Now for just your, for bingo your, bango for the bingo bango portion, correct. And then the other thing that we talked about was we came up with adding partner shots for so a player like Bear, for example, he could choose to have his partner take a shot at on a given hole, and in singles play. In, in single play. And now, I don't, I don't remember, was it, did we come up with, was that number nine? Nine it shots? It was. So this was, an, and Bear had uh, a big influence on this. So a lot of people didn't like the Chapman system for singles. That that was some right. of the feedback. We were always open to players' feedback saying, hey, what did you think? And what would you do differently? And one of the feedback was, in singles, it just felt like, you know, you take a shot, you flip, you don't even get to hit your second shot. It yeah. just felt like it wasn't singles it it was like something yeah. else so we wanted to make it feel more like singles but at the same time we still wanted that team aspect and and bear was an advocate for those golfers that said hey you know what if i'm in a situation on a shot i can't pull off like i don't want to be stuck there just whacking away at it i want to yeah. be able to have my partner help me out right so he was kind of an advocate for that and i agreed with him so and, and yeah, it so did we make sense the for chapter. the sake of time as well it, it did make sense so that that's guy, right. Right. That was another somebody, time issue. Somebody wasn't going to be stuck. You know, we made fun of Frank earlier about being stuck in the bunker. But you know, if some if someone did, that only golfed once or twice a year and couldn't hit a bunker shot or couldn't you know hit it over the water or whatever, it 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 sped up the the game for us as well. So that and was I'm another... glad you said that, Mike, because we do have people that fit that exact description. Yeah, absolutely. That the Tempest is the only golf. They well, play. Matt, Matt Bears is a perfect example of that. I think he only plays. 
so great. Yeah. So with these partner shots, Mike, did you want to explain how they could be utilized? So it's been a while, Jay. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll try to I'll try my best to remember. And <clears throat> initially, like I said, we we decided, and I think Matt was the one that came up with the the idea of having nine partner shots, right? Mm-hmm. And the idea for that was you could have one per hole. You could have your partner help Correct. you out once per hole. Right. But you didn't so, have to use one per hole. Uh, no, no, you couldn't. No, that's true. You didn't. But the smart. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'll take that back. Not smart. The the individuals that were that understood strategy, like Bear was as a good example, realized, you know what? I don't care about like I don't care about my score. I want to win the match. So if I have if I can get my partner to take a shot and put me in a position that I can score and actually win that hole and score a point. I'm going to do that every single time. And then you have up, you had other individuals that were out there and they were like, you know what? I just, I want to play golf. I'm here to play. I want to take my shots. I've paid. And, you know, if I win, great. But I'm just here to have some fun. So individuals like that didn't would lose. Re- would lose. Absolutely <laughs> would lose. Sorry. That was for you, Bear. <laughs> and then, and, and the other thing too was, because we partnered up the weaker players with the stronger stronger players, right? Mm-hmm. So in singles play, because you're in, your in singles were, play, right. correct? So uh, theoretically, someone like Bear, that was you know, if if he's the one of the lower ranked players, and he's you know partnered up with you, and it's a it's a par three, and it's 165 or 170 yard, you have a much better chance of getting it on the green than Bear would. So somebody like Bear would say, you know what? I want my partner to take the shot for me. And, you know, Bear's good at putting. That's the mm-hmm. basically the only part of the game that he really, I think, truly enjoys. And he's good at. So he's like, if I can, if you can get me on there, I'm fine. I'll take advantage and I can win. Absolutely. You know, so, what the, you know what golf saying you've heard many times that applies probably to Bear the most is there's no pictures on a scorecard. Right? Yeah, That's a golf yeah. saying that if you've golfed any amount of time, you would have heard that. And Bear Goat lives by that. He doesn't care how it gets done. He just yeah. wants it to get done. And, and you know what? The the beauty of a guy like Bear is that he understands his his strengths and his weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And he you know he definitely takes advantages of his strengths. And he has no there's no ego, right? So he just no. wants to win. He just That's wants right. to win. And. I mean, clearly, with you know the record that he's, uh, the number of wins that he's posted over the years, that that <laughs> that goes to show that. That's right. So yeah, he he only cares about so for the TTPI. Even though he gave feedback, he doesn't really care about the TTPI. Now, if he had a great year where he was like the best, we would all hear about it nonstop. He would be yelling right. the power of bear from the rooftops about yes. this TTPI score. But it doesn't phase him if he's got low, a low TTPI score. He doesn't care at all. All he cares about is the number of times that his name appears on that trophy. That is his goal. And you know what the funny thing is, is that I remember there was, it was kind of like an unspoken rivalry between Bear and I. He would never actually come out and like like say it, but the number of wins over the years 
was between him and I were were really the only guys that were competing to for that title, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like this unspoken rivalry that it's like, oh, oh shoot, Bears on the other team. I gotta win now because I can't let him go keep running away with this. <laughs> now I feel like we've talked so much about Bear here that we, you know, spoiler alert, and everyone who's played in the Tempest knows this, anyways. But if there's anyone out there listening who has never actually played, Bear is probably in terms of golf if you just looked at him golf one of right. the uh, least talented i should say players with holding a golf club however he is the winningest player in tempest yeah. history he has been on the most winning teams and so we have always taken this as a testament to what we have accomplished in this tournament because that was the whole point we wanted yeah. everyone to be able to compete yeah. regardless of skill level could everyone contribute and he has been on the most winning teams out of anyone which is phenomenal so those were the two rule changes after year one we added the oo to protect against putting around the green and we removed the chapman system and put in partner shots yeah yeah it was, it was good and it 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 had helped yeah it did help for sure we were on the right track we had a ways to go yet but we were on the right track all right so mike i know heading into this particular year 2011 I kind of had a personal goal now that I knew the field. So we had some question marks as we discussed last episode about the field. We didn't know exactly how good we know. We didn't know Tim, for example. Right. But after playing with most of these guys um, and and we did have two dropouts. So I should back up a little bit. I'm getting ahead of myself. So for for 2011, we lost Matt Lipsky. He did not return. And we lost Ian Braun. So those were the two guys that did not come back for the second year. Now, Ian Braun would quickly come back um, in all the other years, uh, but Matt Lipsky would never play again, uh, sadly. We added two new friends to the Tempest. One was a friend of Scott Duncan's by the name of Renee Sight, who is a pretty good golfer. And uh, one was a friend of mine named Al McCautry, who also was a a, a decent golfer, right? He, yep. he golfed. Yep. Not a ton, but he golfed. Uh, so that we were adding. Now, I didn't know a ton about Renee at the time other than Scott said he was pretty good but I was on a mission that I really wanted to be captain this year I thought after seeing and I felt like I kind of you know did a really lousy job in the captains round the year before when I posted my 43 and I just actually sorry 43 I think I posted 46 actually it was a disaster um this year I wanted to be different this year I set out with the goal of I am going to be captain and not just the captain I was going to be the number one captain in my mind I was no and and, and I remember I remember talking to you throughout the year as well and I know that that captain's even though we you know we won as a team I know that that captain's round just really just like was like a thorn in your side well, so, you know what it was? The difference between you having the TTPI highest score and me <laughs> was that captain's point, right? So if I would have had the captain's uh, point, I would have been, had the highest TTPI, right. and that, that just ate away at me, I Mike. Know, I know. You know what? One of the things that I, I, I love about you, Jay, is that you're not very competitive you're just, <laughs> at all. So, <laughs> so, so yeah. yeah. So, no, I was, I was you know, gung-ho on setting the record straight like i was going to get it right it was wrong in the first year yeah no offense but i was going to get it right this year so we went out and we i think what we did in the next year is we took the the guys with the top scores from the previous year and we sent them out first so it was you me tim miller and steve ben 
we went out and uh and and to play the the captain's round together so we're the first ones to tee off and because you were the winning captain from the previous year you got to hit the first tee shot so you had that honor and you and i was nervous about it i was really nervous about it i didn't (laughs) i didn't want to do it i didn't but i knew that i had to and i was so nervous because everybody was watching so you know what i remember and i just remembered this now i kid you not when you hit your first tee shot, I'm pretty sure it veered like pretty far to the left. Yeah. And and I remember shouting, it's not 2010. <laughs> well, because the mind games, <laughs> you're you're all about the mind games. So that was like, I knew that you were like, you're trying to get into my head because you wanted to be captain. And I didn't even care about you that much. I mean, this might sound arrogant. Or maybe it was because, you know, I enjoyed being on your team, seeing you win, but I wanted to beat Tim. Yeah. I wanted to beat Tim. So Tim and I and Steve, we all tee off and away and we go. you know go. what? The other thing, too, when just as we're talking about this, the other thing that this kind of started is the the tradition of everybody gathering at the first tee and watching the first group tee off, right? And that there is, even to this day, there is that added pressure because everyone is there and everyone's watching and if you make a bad shot oh you better believe you're going to get chirped oh yeah yeah so you you started a tradition of the chirping so there's an added intensity there for sure so i got off to a hot start i am pretty sure i parred the first hole i think i made bogey on the par three second and then i parred the third hole so i was one over through three and i felt like my game was in control i think i had a, a shot or two lead on tim Everything was going well. And I thought, I'm going to run away with this thing. And we got to the fourth hole, which is uh, par three. And you recently looked this up. I think it's about what, what did you say? 185 or something like that? Yeah. And just as we're about to tee off, the heavens open up and it starts pouring. I remember you had a towel. You brought a towel with yourself. and you Like and any had, reasonable golfer would. And, and we had talked about this. We had talked about this like the day before and a couple of days ago. And we were, cause we're looking, we were looking at the forecast thinking it might rain. And you were like, Oh, I'm bringing a towel. And I fully intended on bringing one, but I com- I completely forgot. Cause I, I left early in the morning. Shocking. Yeah. I, I left early in the morning. Very surprised at this it. turn of events. And the rain started to come down and my game quickly just like fell apart and i think at that point you knew that i was no longer a competition for the captain's round so you were like your sights were set on tim and you and tim's rivalry just kind of like just took off yeah you were not doing well on the first three holes for sure you it this was clearly not going to have the same result as 2010 we knew this early the rain just compounded your mistakes and made it even worse but i remember standing on that tee and i had honors because again i had been playing great out of the group and the it just is pouring and i had a, a long iron in my hand and i hit a horrendous shot it was just terrible and i thought oh man like you know, what are you going to do? It's just pouring, right? And Tim gets out and he pulls like three wood. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's a lot of club. Like, I know it's, you know, a little longer of a par three, but that's a lot of club. And he stands over the ball, the rain just pouring down, you know, it's dripping off the brim of his hat. I'm thinking, okay, what's he going to do? He nuts this shot to within what, two and a half feet? Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that. Yeah. 
he made yeah. birdie on that yeah. hole because he yeah. stepped up and sunk the putt and it's still pouring rain. I doubled the hole. So, and he took the lead in the captain's round. And I'm like, this is insane. Here yeah. we go again. Yeah. And so, like I said in a previous episode, when things start to go bad, I think I'm never going to hit a good shot again, right? So I can't look at the first three holes that just happened and go, hey, you're having actually a decent round. You had one bad hole. I look at it as I've lost my swing right. and it's gone. Yeah. Right? And, and, you and, were there. and I'm trying to calm you down. I'm like, it's okay. Like, you're, you're fine. You're still, you, you, there's a lot of golf left. You're going to be okay. And in the meantime, I'm getting agitated and frustrated myself because I can't grip my clubs. That's I right. I can't grip my clubs. <laughs> And every time I go to try and swing, I I end up like shanking it or duffing it, and I'm getting even more, I'm getting really frustrated. So yeah. I think that shot by Tim was probably one of my top five tempest shots that I witnessed. Now, obviously, I don't witness all the shots, only the shots that are in my group, um, but that I witnessed, I would probably put that in my top five as a, the top five memorable shots. That yeah. to me was just an incredible shot in very very heavy rain and i still remember thinking wow that's way too much club and scott mcdougall afterwards he'd often say about tim well he knows his game he just plays to his game and, 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 and he you know did what? he did yeah absolutely he did yeah we finished the captain's round and as we you know skip ahead i did kind of straighten it out a little bit uh and tim played well to the end and we both finished at 40 we both shot 40 wow. so we are both plus six because par again is 34 at acton uh and the next closest score was steven ben who also came from our group he shot a 41 so we had 40 40 41 and then the defending um captain yeah that was yeah it was, it was not a good showing yeah so you posted a beautiful 50 that was yeah. that was a good follow-up yeah and and i remember at, at one point you were like, are you doing this on purpose so that you can kind of get lower ranked so that you can play the weaker teams? That conversation started to happen between you and I. And it was just like... Because of the TTPI? Yeah, oh I know. God, are you doing this to, to get a, a better TTPI? I remember I remember you'd be, you'd be like, you sneaky SOB. You That's right. You sneaky SOB. Oh, I didn't trust you. I still don't, but yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Absolutely. Nice to hear. So the rest of the scores, let's go over the rest of the scores of the captain's round real quick. Um, so we we did our group. Here are the, here's the rundown of the rest. We had Matt Bear posting a beautiful 78. Wow. 78. And as Patrick Thibodeau, who we haven't introduced yet, but will come in in 2013, when he describes Matt Bear's game to other people, because he, he's, he knows a lot of golfers, and so t- playing in the Tempest will come up in that discussion with other people. And he'll often talk about Bear having a round like this of 78. And he's like, and there were no penalty shots. Like there were no penalty, no lost balls. That's a pure 78. And it was, yeah. it was a pure 78. So Matt Bear shot 78. Um, we had Scott Duncan shooting a 53. Frank Dodato shot 59. Uh, Al McCautry, the rookie, shot 47. Renee Sight, the other rookie, shot 43. Derek Lambert shot a 53. David Taylor, 59. And Scott McDougall, the number one pick from 2010 shot a 44, a crisp yeah. 44, right? Yeah. Just 10 over par. So there you go. So Scotty McD posts a, a decent round there. And well, so in him. the end, myself, along with Tim, had the lowest score. So we would be captains. But the tiebreaker is if you made any birdies. And on hole four in the pouring rain, 
Tim knocked yeah. it stiff, poured in the putt, made birdie. And so Tim once again has the number one pick. So now, which is the, the interesting part is, will he make the same mistake again? Or has he now actually learned that he can't just pick Scotty? the only guy that he knows <laughs> and avoid, you know, like not looking at the actual stats. Now, so, in fairness, he did know some guys more now because he true. played with us, right? So, yeah. yes. And the answer to your question is he did. So let's go through the draft. You can play the role of Tim very quickly. I will play myself. Tim had the first pick and he picked? Uh, he picked Renee as his first overall pick. Which I think was a good pick. So yes. that was solid. Yeah. So I had picks two and three. With pick two, I picked Stephen Ben. And with pick three, I picked Michael Najati. And then with pick four, Tim goes with his trusted buddy, Scott McDougal. With, with, and with a recent 44 in the captain's yeah. round, yeah. it good. was justified at this point, Absolutely. I think, right? Yeah. It made sense. So, and I would have picked him next, I think. So that made sense to me. The next pick I had, uh, and I picked Al McCautry. And Tim had the next two picks, and he picked Scott Duncan and Matt Bear. So this is an interesting pick because it shows you that once again, Bear gets picked relatively high compared to what his, his captain's round posting number was, right? Yeah. Um, so there was there was three other players that were posted better scores than Bear, but yet he got picked ahead of them. So, so Bear was 44 over par. Okay, on on nine holes, on nine holes, forty four over par on nine holes, and and everyone else posted a better score. And you're right, he was still picked here because already they started to see the value of Bear. And keep in right. mind, he was on the losing team the year before, so yeah. there was no record of Bear running off win after win. But to Tim's credit and to his team surrounding him, um, they they decided to go with Matt Bear over the more slightly more talented uh, golfers of Frank Dodato, Derek Lambert, or David Taylor. Right. Who actually, we went in that order. So I had pick eight and nine. I picked Frank Dodato. With my ninth pick, I picked Derek Lambert. And then Tim, Tim ended up taking David Taylor. So that kind of right. sets the two teams. And uh, so we were off to playing in the rain the second Tempest tournament. And one of the interesting things, Jay, as we kind of talk and go look back and look at this, the draft order, one of the things that this kind of set into motion was this rivalry that developed between Scott McDougall and myself, because we ended up getting paired up in the individual rounds because of where we got picked. So, and, you know, the, the, the rivalry that started this ended up leading to Scott and I becoming friends because at this point Scott and I like we only saw each other once a year and we weren't friends at all right this would have been the second time probably yeah oh, you, you would have no, seen him I, at mini golf as well that's right I met him at mini golf but I didn't like we didn't really talk at all because <clears throat> he was always on the opposite team and I was I was ended up being on your team even in the mini putt so but this started the chain of events that you know kind of led to Scott and I becoming friends. So, which was kind of interesting mm -hmm. to me. Let's go through the rounds and the results of the 2011 Tempest. 
Sure. So I was now captain. We were again, we're team red. And by the way, on paper, the key, if we're looking at the key players, these teams weren't all that drastically different from the year before. The big difference I think was the blue team now had Renee, right? right. Where yeah. they didn't have Renee the first time around, but the other key players were largely the same. And for us, we still had you, me and Steve Ben, which was very similar to the first year. Yeah. So we're thinking maybe a repeat, right? It's not that far-fetched. Nope. So I decide to pair myself. Remember, we we send out pairings not knowing what the other team's doing. We decide to send myself out with Al McCautry. We were friends. Al didn't know very many other people. I thought it'd be a comfortable pairing for him. So I paired myself with Al. I paired Steve and Ben with Frank Dodato, And I put you with Derek Lambert. So those were our three pairings. Um, myself and Al McCautry ended up playing Scott McDougall and David Taylor. And what was the result there, Mike? That was a... A two to one team blue victory, Jay. Um, and I know that that was not, uh, that didn't sit very well with you. Uh, losing to Scotty, your, your temp, your uh, mini putt rival. So the funny thing is, as I go back and we do these podcasts, I have to kind of, I have all the data on a spreadsheet. And it's coded by seeds. So who your partner is, is all by code in, a, in this spreadsheet. So a lot of this is bringing back memories. And yeah. and at first I'm like, okay, who did I play with? Oh, I played with Al. Oh yeah, I kind of remember playing with Al. Who did we play? Scott. Oh yeah, I do kind of remember that. And then I see the result and I'm just appalled. Yeah. I'm like sick to my stomach. So, so it's like kind of like reliving this nightmare all over again. I'm like, oh, we lost two to one. Oh. I, 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 you know what the funny thing is, as we were preparing for this podcast and you know we're texting back and forth and you sent me a text saying, I'm looking at the results and I'm disgusted. I'm so disgusted. You're going to be disgusted too. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> so yes, it's bringing back memories for sure. No, you weren't disgusted in round one. No, thank, not in round thankfully. one. Thankfully. Yeah. All right, so we lost two to one. I think we won the match play portion of that match, but we lost Bingo Bango Bongo and the don't three putt. Then the next match was Steve Ben, Frank Dodato taking on Renee Sight and Matt Bear. And what was the result there? Quite lopsided, actually. It was a two and a half to half for Team Blue. Yeah, and so these were the days where we had to either drive back to the group to get an update on how they were doing yeah. when we finished. <laughs> uh, we had no electronic updates, right? So when we first heard that they were trailing as much as they were, I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And then thankfully, we had your group at the end. Right. So it was you and Derek taking on Tim and Scott Duncan. It was a match made in heaven kind of thing because we took all three points. You swept them. And it was huge because at that point, we only had one and a half points and Team Blue had four and a half. And by you sweeping, you actually evened the board for and, us. And I took and I we took care of Tim, their their captain. That's right. So that's right. So and and he paired himself not with his weakest player this time, right? So he was paired with his eighth seed overall. So yeah, so that was huge for us heading into lunch. And one of the things that I was kind of uh, proud of myself was that added some points for my TTPI because of I course took care, it did. I, I took care of the captain. <laughs> That's right, totally did. So great, yeah. Because your your uh, um, your team seating would have been five plus eleven, sixteen, taking on Tim one and Scott eight of nine. So not only did you get three points, but if you take those adjusted points, they're actually worth quite a bit more. Right. So yeah, you're and you're already doing the calculations <laughs> in your head. You're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna score well here, which is fantastic. But Bigger than that, we were tied yeah. heading into lunch, and this was great. 
So we sit down at lunch. We sit with our teams. I used to love this part where yeah, we it was, had, it was we didn't know good. that. And we start talking strategy. A story kind of popped into my mind about lunch when we sat down for lunch. And I thought it was kind of funny and I wanted to bring it up. So as you as we talked about, it was kind of a rainy, kind of a cold, not a very nice day. And we go in and I was, I, I was kind of cold. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to see if they have soup. So I ordered soup and bear bear made a comment like who orders soup is like this like ladies night or something do you remember that and you guys were like you guys were having a heyday just heckling me because i ordered soup at lunchtime and and it was like do you remember that do you know what that (laughs) reminds me of years later i think it was actually at the um one of the tempest related events that we had we were in ingersoll eating afterwards and we're all sitting down there was a whole bunch of us and jeff holmes noticed that matt sharp ordered chicken fingers and he just gave him a hard hard time he's like do you want the kids toy with that like (laughs) yeah so i'll never forget because I'm like, I was thinking to myself, you know what? That's probably a good call. I get some soup, get warmed up. You know, it's kind of <laughs> nutritious. Who doesn't like soup? And Matt Bear just, just nailed me with a good one. And like the whole, everybody erupted. And I, I felt like such a fool. I'm like, what? You should have just got a hot dog. Like, just get a hot dog and be done with it. But again, it was these little mind games too. Because what made it worse? Because he was, Bear was on the opposite team. And I'm like... And he knew what he was doing. Absolutely. He absolutely knew what he was doing. And then you jumped on board and you were supporting him. I'm like, not even my own team is behind me here. Yeah, I probably did. So to my shame. <laughs> <laughs> so we eat lunch. We go into round two. So in round two, uh, I, you know, I called everyone around. I asked them what their opinion was. And we eventually settled on these teams. Uh, myself and Steve Ben, our top two players on paper, we decided to go out there to get to try to secure some points ourselves. Right. I put you with Derek Lambert because you had success in round yeah, one and throw him back out there. Yep. And then I moved Al to um, pair it up with Frank Dodato. And we headed out. So myself and Steve Ben, we ended up playing Renee and Matt Bear. They kept that team together uh, in round two. And the results, Jay, I, I got to say was absolutely shocking to me because you guys split one and a half, one and a half. And I remember, it wasn't a complete disaster, but yes, I guess. But I remember thinking, how in the world, like Steve, Ben, and Jay, like, again, no offense to Matt Bear, but like you guys should have, on paper, should have dominated, in my opinion. Oh, and Matt let us know that, oh, right? Oh, for sure. He's like, oh, the, the, he's like, we tied, but this is a win. This is a oh, win. absolutely. <laughs> again, he, he's a master at these mind games, so I know that he would have let you have it for sure. And then you and Derek Lambert ended up playing Scott McDougal and Scott Duncan, double Scots. Right. And again, I kind of mentioned earlier about the rivalry and this, in my opinion, this is where it all started for Scott and I. Because Scott, um, Team Blue, beat us uh, two to one. And... Let me yeah. tell you that Scotty likes to chirp and he let us know that we lost. And he was, it was irritating, but the term getting in your kitchen and cooking bacon and eggs in your kitchen was thrown out so many times, so many times. 
it was it was just nauseating the the funny thing is mike i remember looking at that matchup going and in my head going wow mike and Derek swept tim and scott duncan swept them you're now taking tim out and putting mcdougall in i'm like this is great yeah like you've got it right like i and i i'm not always like i've said many times i'm usually a pessimist i was overly optimistic that we had this to see the result of two to one roll in and i remember you driving back and you're like you're losing what what do you mean you're losing and i'm like you just halved against bear what are you talking about (laughs) i know i had nothing to talk about (laughs) i know and then what made it worse though is behind you al mccotry and frank dodato lost all three yeah. points to Tim Miller and Dave Taylor. So in round two, Blue scored six and a half points to Red's two and a half points and took an 11 to seven lead going into singles. They were up by four, Mike. Yeah, so we've gone to the singles and uh, so you were paired up against uh, Tim Miller, the ca- uh, the captains, the two captains. And mm-hmm. uh, you want to talk about the scores there? Yeah, so I took Tim down three to zero. Which so was, I took all which three was games, huge, which was huge. And I know that well, you really, really wanted that. I did, and it basically took our deficit down to one right. immediately. And we were, if I'm almost certain, we were the first group off too. Yeah. So I remember thinking, there the leads down to one. Now Red can go get him. Right. 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 And then the next, uh, the next grouping was Steve Ben versus Renee, and uh, again. On paper, we both thought Steve should take down Renee. Although Renee was good, and he he was he was he's a long ball hitter, but so was Steve Ben. We really thought Steve was mm-hmm. the you know would have the edge. So mm-hmm. you want to talk about the score there? Yeah. So Renee actually beat Steve two to one. So it wasn't a complete disaster, but right. Blue you know extends their lead a little bit there as well. And, and then, then we moved into your next match yeah. where you were taking on Scott McDougal yeah. who had just gotten the better of you Absolutely. in the partner play. And he 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 let me have it. He let me have it. So there was a little bit of an extra extra juice, extra fire uh that he kind of started in me and I took him down 3 nothing, which was a huge huge help. Yeah. And now hopes are starting to be high again, which is great. Now we move on to the next match. Al McCautry was faced against Scott Duncan. I had high hopes for Al here, and he ended up losing to Scott two to one. Yeah, that was that was bad. Then we had Matt Bear and Frank Dodato, which is a matchup we'll see many times in the years to come. And Bear pulls out the the victory two to one on that one. That's right, and that essentially sealed it because um, Derek Lambert and Derek Lambert and David Taylor was the last matchup, and they have their match one and a half to right. one and a half. So we did win singles. We yep. made up three points in the end, but the final score of the 2011 Tempest was Team Blue 18.5 points, Team Red 17.5 points, and we lost, Mike. You and, and I, we, we lost. We did, we did, and it was, I remember, we I, we were gutted because we really, really thought we were going to win, and what happened, too, is this was the start of Bear's nice little streak that I don't think anyone's going to touch anytime soon so that's right this was his first victory yeah of <laughs> of many in a row to yeah. come yeah and it was and it was your first loss now you wouldn't lose again for quite some time either after this right which yeah. was interesting so you had to sit we had to sing our song yeah. we had to sing on the on a little teapot we were quite embarrassed um but we lost so but, we deserved it but the the bright spot of all of this was after this round i still 
I did pretty well in the TTPI. So, <laughs> so I have them up. I have them up right now, Mike. So the funny thing is, your the be, you had the best score the previous year, which was nine point one eight. Right. That's to the number the score that I got the, uh, in two thousand eleven. So I got nine point one eight, but you bettered it without being the captain. You scored a ten point five four. Dominating without being the captain. Oh, it was huge. Yeah. So I was like, oh, again, oh, again, number two, number two. And Renee was number three um, in the TTPI. David Taylor came in at number four. Wow. He came in at number four, uh, and he was the last pick. So again, there it is, right? There's the beauty of the Tempest. Yeah. Right? Dave Taylor, last pick, fourth ranking in the TTPI. Yeah. And our last place finisher this year was you would have got it right had it been this year it was Frank Dodato in okay. 2011 so yeah so so now we've got two tempests uh, under our belt we and do. and ev- you know everybody everybody was fired up and everybody was into it again from the from beginning to the end cuz it, it was it, it came it was so close it was so close mm-hmm. right to the end drive home we were talking about how how great of a day it was and how exhausted we were and then right away the next day was like i want to see the ttpi scores jay i want to see the scores send out the stats I know. and not only that you talk about me taking shots too you know i chimed in on the soup and this kind of thing i'm pretty sure there was a shot in there oh, like sure. well right, jay i got it i got it done on my captaincy <laughs> I still do you that. Know. I still do that. And to this to this day, I still do it. Just like I was last... so annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's part of the fun. That's part of the fun and part of the part of it the was. rivalry of this uh, of this silly little tournament that we've got. And congratulations, Team Tim, Team, Team Blue. Tim. Yeah, yeah, you got it done. Well done, 2011. So Jay, uh, that brings us to the end of this episode of this podcast. Um, I'm looking forward to the next one. The feedback that we're getting is really, really positive, which just makes me super excited, and uh, I can't, uh, I can't stop, uh, can't stop smiling. And yeah, we said we were doing this for us, but it is nice that some others are finding this amusing as well. Yes, I mean totally. And you know what the funny thing is too, like the first the first night that it got launched, you know, you I I kind of felt like you weren't really sure how what the reception was going to be. Yeah, so I said I was doing this for us, and I did. But as soon as I hit that send button, I was like, "What have I done? <laughs> what does this say about me as a person?" That's what I was thinking. <laughs> so, and I'm still not sure. What the answer I, to that I, question I is. got so much enjoyment out of that because I knew that you were like, oh no, oh no, what have I done? But as, as, as the feedback start rolling and I can feel it, I can feel the, the momentum's building, Jay. <laughs> You've been nothing but positive. You have loved this I love from the it. beginning. I love this. It's been great. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Anyways, All right, Michael, until next time. Yes, sounds good. Talk to you soon. On behalf of Jay Friesen, I am Mike Najati, and you have been listening to Tales from a Teapot. Tales from a Teapot is produced by Michael Najati and Jay Friesen. Our theme music, Funk in the Trunk, is provided by Silverman Sound Studios at silvermansound.com.